Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Now, I already know that this conversation is going to create a lot of uh, uh, talk, and um, I say, hey, why not? Let's talk about it. We're going into All-Star Weekend right now. Ain't nothing else better to talk about. So why not talk about this? So I was having a thought to myself yesterday. And I said to myself, this, this the, the topic of the show came to me. And I was like, well, how, how, should we, how should I approach this topic? Should we do a show? Should we do a live? Should we do something else? So up until maybe 30 minutes ago, obviously, depends on when you're watching the show. I was like, you know what? Let's do a show about this, right? Let's do a show about this. And I'm sure it's going to piss off um, a lot of people. Now, as you guys know, Kobe Bryant is one of the three greatest players of all time. The closest thing we've ever seen to Michael Jordan, one of the best two-way players of all time, tied for most all defensive selections in NBA history uh, as a two-guard. Shows you what Kobe Bryant is pretty much um, all about, a winner. Um, Very, very competitive. All of these great things, right? But even though those things are true, there's been this big knock on Kobe throughout the history of his, throughout the course of his career, even something that he have, he himself spoke to uh, when he was here with us. And that knock has been, well, Kobe can't be great because he played with Shaq. And not just Shaq, he played with a prime Shaq. And I'm sitting there think, think, saying to myself, are these people saying this to say, well, as if, like as if Kobe wasn't that dude, number one. Number two, are you saying that Shaq would have won those championships without Kobe Bryant? Are you just plugging up any other player? If that's what you're saying, then uh, you really don't know what the hell is going on. What I want to do is I want to look at Shaq's numbers over that three-year um, run when he was uh, at his best. I want to quickly look at his numbers that year. Um, during the regular season, Shaq led the league in scoring in 1999-2000. Scoring 29.7 points per game with three blocks, uh, 3.8 assists, which is a career high for him, was a career high for him, 13.6 rebounds on, uh, I'm not going to mention his free throw shooting because he didn't, he was in it was a different game, but he shot 50% from the free throw line while shooting 57% from the field and playing 40 minutes a game that year, which is a career high. The, ver- the very following season, he averaged 28.7 points. 2.8 blocks, 12.7 rebounds on 57% shooting. The season after that, he averaged 27.2, two blocks, three assists per game, uh, 10.7 rebounds on 57.8% uh, shooting. Those are his championship regular season numbers. Uh, in the playoffs, he bumped that 2000. He averaged 30 and 15, 30.7 and 15 throughout the playoffs. Uh, 2001, he averaged 30. Point four and fifteen point four. The following season, he averaged. This is two thousand and two. He averaged twenty eight point five, two point five blocks, and twelve point six rebounds, all on on fifty above fifty percent shooting. Uh, what is it? All of those a season. So Shaq was a very very good player, and what the numbers don't show you is what actually took place, and this is the reason why. I know a lot of the people talking about Kobe and all of that did not watch basketball because if you saw Kobe Bryant play and you saw what was actually happening and you're not just looking at a stat sheet, you would understand what the hell was going on. Uh, Those years in the regular season, 
you got to mind you, Kobe Bryant came into, you know, at that point, he was probably 21 years old. So in the 1990-1990 season, Kobe Bryant scored. And let me see, do they have his age? Um, I'm not sure they have his age. But then I think he must have been 20 years old, 21 years old. That first year, he averaged in the regular season 22.5 points per game, 0.9 in blocks, 4.9 assists, 1.6 in steals. He shot 82% from the free throw line, 32% from the three-point line, and 46%. The very next year, he averaged 28.5 while Shaq is scoring 28.5 or 28.7 or something. Both of these dudes. The scrub that these guys like to talk about, the Kobe, the hat cat Shaq, carrying him this is very interesting in the 2000 2001 season Shaq was averaging 28.7 in that very same season Kobe was averaging 28.5 that you carried somebody by averaging 2.2 points per 0.2 points per game he was scoring 27.28.5 points on five rebounds excuse me five assists 1.7 steals shooting 85% from the free throw line 30.5% from the three 46% from the field. And the final year, the dynasty run, he averaged 25.2, 1.5 steals, 5.5 assists, 5.5 rebounds, and 83% shooting from the free throw line, 25% from the three, and 46.9% from the field. Those are his regular season numbers. Let's go to his playoff numbers. 01, he averaged 21 a game. Uh, excuse me, 2000, 1999 to 2000, he averaged 21.1. The next year, he averaged 29.4. In uh, and and 2002, he averaged 26 point uh six those were kobe's numbers uh in the playoffs so obviously uh kobe bryant was a very very good player but it turns out i'm not the only one that thought kobe was the best player because it turns out in 2001 Shaq was already calling kobe the best player in the world so for those of you who never heard that we actually want to get into that but before we even get into that this video is brought to you by our sponsor prize picks Price picks is really simple. Instead of just selecting a team, you just select two or more players, pick more or less their projected stats, and then you place your entry. For example, this week, I'm selecting two entries, Stephen Curry for more than 25 points, and then I got Anthony Davis for more than two blocks, and Damian Lillard for more for more than four three-pointers made. PrizePix is also the only daily sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So for example, if you have a player who gets injured in the first half and doesn't return to the second half, that player gets automatically rebooted. What I also love about Price Picks is that it offers weekly promotions like Taco Tuesdays. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So go to pricepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's go to pricepick.com slash CLNS, use code CLNS for a first deposit match to, of up to $100. And once again, once you support this sponsor, you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So what I want to do is want to quickly play what Shaq had to say. It's only about a 10 second clip. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Shaq had to say here. When and why did you come to the revelation that this is the greatest player on the planet, Kobe Bryant? When I first came to L.A., Jerry showed me a tape of this kid, and I knew he had potential. And a lot of people thought we had problems. We never really had problems at all. So you heard what Shaq had to say. Now, let me get into the crux um, of my argument here and really the title of today's show, which is... If you replaced Kobe 
with a LeBron, let's say at the same age, even uh, same age, Kobe is the same age, LeBron James. Uh, it would have cost Shaq three rings. Um, that's the argument I want to get into. And today I was perpetuous to some of the tricks that these guys were going to play. I was totally uh, perpetuous to it. Uh, and I'm ready for it because I've been hearing some whispers out there from various channels that, oh, this guy doesn't really understand basketball. And today we want to address some of it. And let's get into the X and O's and really talk basketball here uh, today. Let me let me break it down for you guys. Why would I say that if you replaced Kobe with LeBron and put him on that team at the same age, they would have lost three championships? The reason I'm saying that is from a basketball standpoint. Some of you love it. How can you say that? I'll break it down for you perfectly. First of all, when the Lakers were playing, playing, uh, when, um, uh, playing to win those championships, who was their head coach? The head coach was, was Phil Jackson. What offense was Phil Jackson running? The offense that Phil Jackson was running was a triangle offense, right? And for you to play in a triangle offense, you need to have a certain, you, you need to have a certain skill set. Now, Shaq, if you look at Shaq, well, you know there were certain things that Shaq wasn't going to do, which is what? Shaq is not going to be coming off of pin downs. He's not going to be coming off of picks and running around the floor. No. Shaq is going to anchor the offense. He's going to either get on the left block or the right block, post him up, and he goes to work. That means that his complimentary star needed to be somebody that is good at moving with the ball. Last time I checked, Kobe Bryant was excellent at scoring without the ball. He could score off the dribble. He could score on uh, uh, was a catch and shoot. He can score on a pin down, whatever you want to call it. Kobe didn't necessarily need the ball to be effective on the floor, and he would still be able to bring you first-level defense while he was playing on the floor. Now, let's switch Kobe Bryant out, and you're playing with LeBron. LeBron is not good with playing off of the, uh, playing off of the ball. As a matter of fact, LeBron is only really effective when he has two things going in his favor. Number one, he's playing in a spread offense where basically you have a bunch of shooters that can space the floor for him because LeBron is a point forward, right? Essentially, that's what he is. So for LeBron to be effective, Shaq's game would need to suffer because LeBron needs to play with a lot of spacing in order to operate. Well, how are you going to do that when the three-point advent hadn't taken place yet, teams were still playing with their backs towards the basket, which means that the paint would need to be clogged up. So you would be really, you would need to be really good at that pull-up jump shot going left or going right, which is LeBron is not adept at. And you're going to need to then try to find a way to open up the paint because if you can't slash to the basket, which is why he shoots such a high field goal percentage, what's his effectiveness playing with a Shaq? If you look at some of the big men that LeBron has played with, all of their games have suffered. All of them. But nevertheless, the knock is he makes players better. Who are these players that he's made better? Who are them? Who are they? Kevin Love, Kevin Love's game deteriorated. AD has found a way to kind of sustain himself in this latter period. Look at Kevin Love. Kevin Love was relegated to a spot-up shooter in a corner. Look at Chris Bosh. All of these big men's games were actually affected, but when Kobe was playing with Shaq, Shaq was actually able to flourish playing alongside Kobe. He was averaging 30 a game those seasons. Playing with Kobe, name the big man that LeBron could play with, and that guy would average more points per, per game than him. Maybe with Anthony Davis right now, probably. Probably. So from a basketball standpoint, it wouldn't work. Now, I want to take it a step further because y'all going to get this work today. 
some people say, but you're just saying this because you're a Kobe fan. No, I'm saying it because it's, it's the bloody reality. Some of you say, well, how, what, what makes you say this? Kobe is quite clear. For those of you who watch basketball, you will know that Kobe Bryant is a better floor, floor spacer. It's not even a question. Some people say you're lying. Look at LeBron's field goal percentage, shooting percentage. Let me give you guys some data. For Kobe Bryant's career, outside of 10 feet, outside of 10 feet, Kobe Bryant is shooting or shot 42.2% from the field, outside of 10 feet. Outside of 10 feet for LeBron, LeBron is a career 37% shooter. 37% shooter. And I don't know how you're going to be putting him in the triangle offense when LeBron doesn't really post the ball a lot. He doesn't really have a lot of go-to moves uh, in the post. So to me, I think that if you had replaced him with Kobe, number one, he would have never won a finals MVP over Kobe, over, over Shaq. That would never happen. Outside of Michael Jordan, probably there's no player playing with that prime Shaq that would have won a fi won finals MVP over Shaq. It would have never happened. Never, 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 never. Nobody. It would have been LeBron is sitting on right now. If he replaced, he would have two finals MVPs or whatever. One, however you want to call it. He would have the exact same amount of uh, finals MVPs as Kobe does because them three were not going to go to him. So when people say these things, it makes me wonder, like, okay, you guys must either think people are stupid or you guys must be totally confused. But to me, I think from a basketball standpoint, LeBron would have cost Shaq three rings. Arguably, maybe they would have found a way to get one. But back to back to back to back, it would have never happened. Absolutely not. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. This is the first time you heard me refer to the Milwaukee Bucks as them damn Bucks <clears throat> and that damn Doc Rivers. Why are we talking about the Bucks today? Well, as you guys know, the Bucks were a top two seed in the Eastern Conference three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. This was one of the best teams in the NBA. <clears throat> but there were reports that were coming out that former rookie head coach Adrian Griffin was losing the locker room. Players were beginning to tune him out for whatever reason. Not even halfway through the season, the Milwaukee Bucks elect to fire head coach Adrian Griffin. Fantastic. The very next day after firing him, the Milwaukee Bucks players are seen celebrating on the basketball court, dancing around in a, in a huddle. After they fire Adrian Griffin, who do they go after? Within less than 24 hours, we hear that the Bucks have decided, had decided rather, to hire Doc Rivers. And when the name Doc Rivers came up, we all had the same reaction. LMAO. We were all laughing our asses off. Like, Doc Rivers? Number one, do you not do you dudes not know who Doc Rivers is? That's number one. Number two, how the hell does Doc Rivers keep getting these jobs so fast? Nevertheless, they hired Doc Rivers to right the ship. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers gets there. And there was a post that said, as it stands right now, Doc Rivers is going to be the head coach of the All-Star game. 
<laughs> and everybody was laughing like, this is ridiculous, man. And I think I heard Charles Barkley on TNT say they need to, Doc Rivers needs to give that, the, 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 the bonus if they win, they need to give that money to Adrian Griffin. Fantastic. Then Doc Rivers ultimately elects to do that. <clears throat> so what happens? Yesterday, game right before All-Star Weekend, the Milwaukee Bucks are playing against a shorthanded Memphis Grizzlies team. No John Moran, no, none of these guys. And most people thought, given the bumpy start they've had with Doc Rivers, I think they were, what? I think they had lost, I think, six out of their last nine games or something like that. And what happens? Instead of going out there and just trampling over the, that team, they end up losing to the Memphis Grizzlies by three points, which is a total embarrassment. And at the end of the game, you can hear Doc Rivers talk about some of these players didn't even know the play calls. Half of them, their minds were already in Cabo. So I was watching NBA on TNT to see what Charles Barkley and the crew had to say. And when it came time for them to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, they absolutely went off. So for those of you who didn't hear that, we want to play for you now and then come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to that. This game, Memphis missing basically everybody. And as you point out at, at halftime, a lot of guys on uh, two-way contracts. You know, like Ten-day contracts. Ten-day contracts. It got so bad for Milwaukee, they went to a zone. Yeah, but, but I'll tell you one <laughs> thing on. about when you watch Taylor Jenkins' teams play. They play hard. All the, the time. time. Taylor Jenkins That's is a hell sure. of a coach. Yeah. They lost to a bunch of dudes on 10 days. <laughs> yeah. And uh, two, <laughs> yeah like, Shaq, they went to a zone. Uh, it it would have been, and not only on 10 days, Shaq, a lot of those guys, like a one and duns or like a Gigi Jackson in those situations, right. they would have trouble. Who's the number one team in the country right now? U UConn? UConn, really good. They'd have trouble with UConn. Like, it'd be a good game if that was game was going on now. Uh, why do you say we look at the highlights? Oh. We, uh, yeah, come on. We need to. No, I'm only saying three this. games left in the before the All-Star break. So let's just, uh, let's go through this. The Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks are in, in trouble yeah. in terms of intensity, in terms of uh, leadership, in terms of know-how. Like, th right. this is no, re I don't, Doc Rivers is a, is a Hall of Fame coach. There's no reason to start off three and seven. You should be excited, and they should have an energy of excitement when he came in that, hey, we're trying to win it all, and this is what it's about. But Milwaukee, it went backfire. Milwaukee needs to understand because of Giannis and Dame. The opponents are going to be playing way of the, above their heads. But forget all that. Supposed to blow this team out by 30. The fact that you're three and six, I know you say it's a throwaway game, but when you're not playing well, you want to end the all-star break on a positive note. They were supposed to come out and smash this team, but Chuck said it. They had trouble with the defense. No timely stops. No effort. I believe you. And like I said earlier, it's a championship team on paper. That's nowhere near a championship. Yeah, the way they're it, playing it, right now, they, they're, they're going to get swept in the first round. You know, it's interesting. You know, like, okay, let's be patient. Let's be patient. And then I said, okay. They had the champs come to the house, and they smacked them up. They beat Denver by 25. And I'm like, okay, they got the heat. You know, the heat going to play. And I said, well, you know, I, I said condolence to Jimmy Butler too, man. Uh, I, I, just thinking about you and your family, brother. And then I'm like, well, they playing in Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler. They're going to get a little momentum. They're going to beat them. Then they're going to beat Memphis. Go into, the, go into the break a little three-game winning streak, yes. three, four-game winning streak. That, now the Memphis Grizzlies won two in a row, and these guys lose two in a row. So you heard what the crew had to say about the Bucks. I want to continue on to just explain to you just how bad the situation is with the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Are you guys aware that the Milwaukee Bucks fired a rookie head coach to go get a coach in Doc Rivers who's doing a worse job than the rookie head coach? Do you know since Doc Rivers has taken over the Milwaukee Bucks, they've lost 70% of their games? 70%. They're 7-3 and three under stewardship of Doc Rivers. To add insult to injury, are you guys also aware of the fact that as we sit here and speak, the Milwaukee Bucks are actually paying three coaches? They're paying Mike Boonhoser because they fired him. They're paying Adrian Griffin. They fired him. And now they're paying Doc Rivers. That's the Milwaukee Bucks. I remember this summer, a lot of people had a, lie, a lot of high expectations for this Bucks team. Why? Because over the offseason, they acquired Damian Lillard, Dame Time. Now, here was here's the wrinkle. <clears throat> when that trade went down, not everybody was excited about it. When that acquisition went down, not everybody was excited about it. Do you know why? Because some people out there in the media, some fans were saying, yeah, we got Dane. He's an offensive powerhouse. But we just lost arguably our best defender in Drew Holiday at the point of attack at the point guard spot. People like Skip Bayless and others were like, the Bucks are going to feel it. And what's been happening? Their defense has actually gotten worse. Damian Lillard is not providing the premium on offense to cover for his defensive deficiencies, which brings me over to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Listen, we got to point fingers at Giannis too. The reason we got to point fingers at Giannis is because if this were any other superstar in his position, they would be getting criticized. If it was Kevin Durant, he will be getting criticized. If it was LeBron James, he will be getting criticized. If it was Kawhi Leonard, he will be getting criticized. So now it's Giannis Antetokounmpo's turn to be criticized. Giannis has been there in the midst of all of this. I agree with getting rid of uh, Mike, Budenholzer. I, Mike Budenholzer. I agree with that. He was one of the most dogmatic coaches in the entire NBA. Could not make an adjustment to save his life. So I understood that. But in the case of Adrian Griffin, now Giannis may say, I didn't get the coach fired. I'm sure he didn't, but you better believe he was aware and was abreast of what was going on. You better believe that. And if you're aware of that, you must have had an inclination of who they were going after. And now you got Doc Rivers. So now we find ourselves in a situation which is, you got to make it work. There are no two ways about it. You have to make it work. And if it doesn't work, the people that need to be blamed are the following. Bucks management, the people that have been making all of these decisions behind the scenes, that's number one. Number two, Doc Rivers. And number three, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the lead on that team. Those are the three culprits that we need to look at. Those are the three people we need to be pointing fingers at. Because if we're not going to point fingers in their direction, then who are we going to who are we going to hold accountable? Someone needs to answer for this. And the Bucks need to right this ship. The current rate Doc Rivers is going at, he's not going to get another coaching job. And he I don't see how he could. But then again, he has an amazing agent and he may pull another rabbit out of the hat. So now if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now let's continue to the next segment. Today we got a pretty interesting show for you guys. Uh, but before we get into it, please make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and check out the Dreamers Pro podcast we have pinned below. 
let me get into this topic. Um, it seems like a lot of people don't like Stephen A. Smith, even some of his fellow uh, New Yorkers. Now, some of you guys are like, well, <coughs> excuse me, what are you talking about? Well, as you guys know, Stephen A. Smith uh, is a New Yorker. He's from Queens. Um, and he, he calls himself a New York Knicks fan, right? He likes to say he's very happy on what the Knicks are doing well. But as you guys know, the Knicks have been um, going through a little bit of turbulence. Right now, they last they lost four of their last games, and they're 5-5 five and five out of their last 10. And they lost Julius Randle. So that was a pretty big blow to what those guys were trying to do there. So what happened? I'm going through the internet today, and I see a clip that's recommended to me from Dan Lebitard's channel. Now, if you know anything about Dan Lebitard and uh, Stephen A. Smith, they've kind of had their back and forths uh, over the last few months. Now, they kind of have like this bittersweet relationship, love-hate relationship, I guess you would say. So I was watching, and as I was going through it, I came across a clip. Um, and in this clip, you see this guy who I was unaware of at the time, who actually uh, turns out to be, um, who turned out to be, excuse me, a comedian, uh, as a matter of fact. And his name is Sam Morrill, who also is a huge New York Knicks fan, and he's a New Yorker. So they're talking, and then all of a sudden, this guy just starts going off on Stephen A. Smith, talking about his takes are horrible. He doesn't watch the Knicks. He needs to stop talking and all. I'm like, God, I'm like, damn, what happened? So for those of you who didn't hear what this gentleman had to say, we want to play it for you now, and then we want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. I think Hardenstein defensively, like, if you watch basketball, like, that's why I know Stephen A. Smith doesn't watch basketball. When he goes, some guy named Hardenstein, shut up, Stephen A. Watch an actual game before you discredit the blue-collar work ethic of the great Isaiah Hardenstein, who has been the glue this year, and I only hope we can find the money to resign him. You really don't like uh, Stephen A. Smith's Knicks analysis, do you? He's a curse to the franchise. Stop rooting for us. I don't want you on our side. You have anytime he calls a game, we lose. Go away. I like that you called out Stephen A. When Dan was like, "Ah, Hartenstein, some guy named Hartenstein." <laughs> that pissed me off. That really pissed me <laughs> off. Take out Levitar, man. No, but I'm I I prefaced it by saying I know how much he loves Hartenstein, and I know that America America is laughing at the idea that that would be the difference against the Celtics. I'm not even sure that you would dispute that that would be America's appraisal, not necessarily basketball people's appraisal. Well, maybe America's got to get on the Hardenstein page like I am because this guy's doing all the dirty work. I, I love this guy. Tibbs reinvented his game. He was like a stretch five on the Clippers. He comes here. He becomes like a badass. You know, uh, I'm just worried. He's sitting out now with an, like a sore Achilles. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I don't know what a sore Achilles is, but that, that scares the hell out of me. So rest till you're 100, you know? Let's, uh, let's play this sound to agitate Sam Morrell. I respectfully disagree. And we all know that how I feel about my Knicks, but they're 26th in defensive efficiency rating. Um, Mitchell Robinson is out. Uh, Jericho Sims is out. So I got to deal with some dude named Hartenstein. Who's been playing with him? And an been, effort. Begin yeah, the effort, give, Stephen he, A. He never gives you, he never shortchanges you with effort. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Yeah, uh, you are disrespectful. Some guy, this dude's an NBA player. Uh, so I have to listen to some guy named Stephen A. Smith who doesn't know what he's talking about. And holy, like, how could ESPN get any worse? Like, I'm just like, dude, replace him with like RJ or JJ or someone who knows what they're talking about. And thank God for Kendrick Perkins, who's becoming, you know, 
a surprising ally to Nick's uh, Twitter and Nick's <laughs> fan base. I never thought I'd find the day where I love Kendrick Perkins, but this guy finally gives us props. No TNT. I love those guys, but they won't give the Knicks props. They won't give Jalen Brunson props. Like, you know, I don't know what Kenny Smith has against New York being a New York guy, but like, get over it, dude. We're here. We're no one wants us in the playoffs. We just got to get healthy. Brutal. Who are the sports analysts that make you angriest? Stephen A's up there. Uh, I, I like most. I mean, look, I, I don't watch enough to like I watch Breen and Walt Frazier. So I, I have the two best in the game calling for my Knicks. Uh, you know, I love Kenny Albert. I love the Knicks rotation. I like Alan Hahn a lot. Any of those guys are, are great. Uh, the ones who make me angry, Stephen A. Um, Doris Burke bugs me. I got to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, stop riding Jason Tatum's jock this hard. It's unbelievable. It's like, were you, are you from Southie? Do I did I miss something? Uh, she. I wish there was a way to mute her and I could just listen to Mike Breen. Honestly. So basically, so you see, she's all, so anti Knicks. No one has an issue with well, Doris Burke. No one, no one media, does. But right. your bias, you have so much Knicks bias, and you're so mad at the media in general for laughing at the Knicks for 25 yes. years. So you heard what the gentleman had to say. <clears throat> Here are my thoughts. Is it possible that Stephen A. Smith doesn't watch all the Knicks games? Well, sure. Um, I think the reason that would be is because maybe the guy is so busy. The guy seems to be someone that works all day. He has a lot of commitments. So maybe by the time he gets home and maybe at the time that he's working, it would be it would be very uh, difficult for him to catch some of those Knicks games, right? I'm assuming. So you also look at time zones. Maybe he's on the West Coast. Things, things are a little bit different. So I can understand that. And I don't think anybody covering sports watches all the games you may pick a few games that you want to watch you can say i want to watch basketball every night but you ain't watching all the games you better believe that so i don't think that there's anyone out there covering sports that says oh i watch all the games unless you have no other life outside of what you do most people have lives you go out you go to the gym you go to eat you go out you go out to you know you do other things you have a family you have friends like so uh it's impossible in my case <clears throat> i try to watch some games but because of the time zone difference i'm not staying up a four o'clock in the morning to, to start watching a game uh, that starts at 10 p.m. It's not going to happen. Like, that's not, that's just stupid because then it's going to bleed into my work and all that. That's stupid. So um, there are other reasons why certain people don't watch. So I understand that. Um, he brought up some other points about him not really knowing the Knicks. Listen, um, Stephen A. Smith is one of the resident New Yorkers on ESPN. He has to hype up the Knicks. And I think the way that he talks about the Knicks is just – He's also entertain. Stephen A. Smith is also in the business of uh, entertainment, right? You also have to be entertaining in the way that he does it. So sometimes is he over embellish? Absolutely, but most people do because whenever you put on the camera and the mic, you gotta also perform. You can't just be, oh, I, I'm I'm gonna be my normal self, the way I am with my my friends and family or whatever it is. I'm just gonna be that way when I come on camera. No, that's not gonna work. You got to put a little bit more energy, put more pep in your step. So I, I I totally get all of that. In terms of some of the other stuff about, you know, um, he's really horrible with some of his takes, him becoming a a, a Kendrick Perkins fan. I get it. It's, he is right. Kendrick Perkins has been supporting the Knicks a lot. Uh, Jalen Brunson was making a case um, for MVP, but obviously now that they're losing games, it's going to be pretty, pretty hard for him to have that case. But this guy is speaking, I believe, from the standpoint of a uh, of uh, of uh, um, a avid uh, New York Knicks fan and a New Yorker. 
right? And that's how it is with New Yorkers, man. Like, that's how it is. Not everybody is built to play in that. It's a totally different thing, man. Like, New Yorkers, they're really, really passionate about the Knicks. I, I knew this guy I used to go to school with um, in high school and in art and design, and he was a huge Knicks. I mean, he had the hat. He had the jersey. He was a huge shoe. And there's some people like that. Spike Lee and all of that, he's not doing that to show. Like, he really, really, really about that Nick life. Like, that's his life. Like, so... To me, man, I think it's just a Nick fan uh, expressing his views on some of the things that he heard uh, Stephen A. Smith say about his Nick. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.